Written by Alan Walton Part 1 If you'd looked closely from below, you maybe could have seen the two silhouetted figures with the golden setting sun behind them. Maximilian and Laurel, hand in hand, strode purposely along the spine of the ridgeway which meandered through the beautiful countryside in the county of Wiltshire. They'd come equipped this time with spare torches and those warm hats with small lights affixed. They had plenty of torch time and were determined in their quest. Maximilian had been studying ancient history of the Ridgeway and had a single purpose. It was the most important purpose to find the reality stone. The chances were slim, but they would carry on to explore each possibility. The Ridgeway in England stretches 85 miles from Overton Hill near Avebury, Wiltshire, to Ivinghoe Beacon, that's near Tring in Buckinghamshire. It has been used for 5,000 years by many different groups of people, travellers, farmers and armies. During Saxon times the Ridgeway was used to provide a track along which to move soldiers into Wessex. In the medieval period the route would have been utilised by drovers, moving animals to market. For your interest the Enclosure Acts of 1750 meant that the Ridgeway became more permanent and the route clearer, and it became a national trail along with 14 others in England and Wales. Back to the story. It was soon dark, and their torchlights illumined the path ahead. Had they been any other, perhaps of a nervous disposition, they would have found the gnarled tree roots along the path ahead, threatening, reflecting silvery grey and menace. From not too far away they stopped in their tracks, straining to hear the rustling from the undergrowth not too far away from them. Maximilian shone his torch in the direction of the sound, and it picked out two bright green eyes, and to make matters even more tense, a deep growl. He noticed instinctively that the space between those two eyes was quite wide. It could be the wild cat that the local newspapers had been reporting further back on the ridgeway. He sensed great danger, but had a temporary idea. They would switch on all of their torches and focus the beams at the creature's eyes. The one thing they should not do would be to retreat. The other torches came on one by one, and the face of a tiger could clearly be seen. Maximilian knew enough about cats to come up with a risky but clever plan. Instead of retreating, they would walk towards the beast, keeping the light beams focused on its eyes. It would not be able to see them any more, as long as they kept it constant. Laurel came up with a plan. They were in between a rock and a hard place, so they had to do something lateral and fast. Her idea was brilliant and Maximilian agreed. 
Instead of trying to walk, run away, they would instead confront the tiger head on and make loud noises as they approach the now blind animal. They inch forward, yelling and screaming, with Laurel thrashing at the undergrowth, making as much noise as they could. The tiger stood its ground, not blinking. It could not see them, but started the deep growl again. They were both manic, fear and aggression mixed together in a cacophony of noise. The panting grew louder and morphed into a sort of a whimper. It moved slowly towards them. Laurel moved forwards, afraid, yes, but determined to save them both. She was almost upon the beast when, for a moment, it looked like it was going to jump at them. Without a thought for her safety, she ran at the beast, swinging around as she was upon it, and delivered a savage, kingary kick to the side of its head. The force of that kick almost stunned it. There was a fitful roar as it swung around and ran into the undergrowth. Laura came back, shaking, almost uncontrollably, and Maximilian comforted her. She had saved their lives. They stood there for a few minutes trying to compose themselves. They had to make a decision. Were they going to go back or try and find the magic stone that many, many people had dreamed of finding? Laurel suggested they had a coffee and pulled out their thermos flask. It seemed to help. They decided to press onwards and get as much distance between them and the beast as possible. Just in case it changed its mind and came for a second try, it was hungry and very dangerous. They were now in a clearing, lit by moonlight, and Maximilian noticed something out of the corner of his eye, something slightly reflective, peeking out of the field. They wondered what it was, and also, would it be worth investigating? They thought for a moment. They chose the latter. They scrabbled down the bank and into the field, drawing closer and closer to whatever it was reflecting the light. They soon reached it and focused their torchlight. It appeared to be the top of a stone, almost like a gravestone, slightly protruding from the wet grass. It was not grey, as you would expect, but white, pure white with a splattering of lichen that had spread its fingers across the top of it. Maximilian gulped. Maybe this was it, hidden for centuries, the reality stone. With fevered scratchings of their fingers, they tore away at the grass and mud that held the stone firm. The top part of the stone was revealed, and some ancient inscriptions were wrote upon it. They, they could not understand anything. A gentle humming sound emanated from all around. They both started to feel a little dizzy as they found their hands moving to the top of the stone. They could not control this action. And then, 
gently placed upon it. It was not of their own volition. Nobody but nobody saw them slowly fade away, just as the rucksack and several torches laying in the damp grass. To be continued.